good morning good evening good afternoon hello whatever time it is wherever you are i just want to greet you and say you are welcome to episode number seven episode of perfection um on this episode it's quite exciting it's a topic that relates to me personally and it is entitled a rebel to the world um dear young ministers for most of you you should know that i am a young minister i'm not only a preacher of the word but i try and minister with the talent that which god gave me that is the talent of public speaking that is the talent of poetry that is the talent of writing and so many other things that the lord has embedded inside of me that i try and minister through um on today's show we have a guest who is also a very close friend of mine my covenant sister chodiwan tibi and she has some pretty interesting things to share with you all um you're gonna you're gonna gain from today's message as a young minister or an upcoming young minister (laughs) but um i hope you have your pen and your notepad ready because today's information is divine and it is spirit lit. Well, I'd like to start off with a scripture um, on 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 that says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You see, the word of God says, don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. In other words, your age should not matter or your age should not define how people perceive you. But instead, be an example. Be an example everywhere you are, everywhere you go, to the people you meet and you interact with. Be an example. You see, the word of God really, really just... Um, excites me sometimes especially when it talks to something that relates to you and it says do not look down do not let anyone look down on you and you know sometimes you misinterpret scriptures as okay let me just say sometimes we misinterpret scriptures um, when it says do not let anybody look down on you it's not meaning to say that anybody who does look down on you deserves a backlash or deserves to be called out or deserves to be put on some um poster and start talking about how they disrespect you because you are young no i believe that the word of god here is directing you it's speaking to me and it's speaking to you when it says the re- the way in which you can allow people not to look down on you is through your character as a young minister your character and the bible clearly states things like speech you know how you speak are you somebody who keeps cursing or are you somebody who says things anyhow without filter in your mouth you know are you saying the wrong things with the wrong people at the wrong time and then in conduct your behavior um not only around people but your behavior alone 
does it cause people to respect you you know respect is earned as much as we can say you know we deserve the respect but also respect is earned people must be able to see that you are worthy of the respect as a young minister as a young person and i believe my sister is going to touch on things like what really is ministry because ministry is not just the pulpit it's so many things that we use to minister tools that we use to minister i won't get into that but i will surely just touch on a few things that i feel that as youth we need to understand and we need to learn me included you know we are not saying that we are perfect or we have arrived no but we are saying that what we have learned in our journey of ministry we want to share with whoever is listening to this and we want that impact to to not just be on us but to be on the the next individual so firstly i'm going to talk about um you know how it says you know how we just read a scripture where it says don't let anyone look down on you right but i'm going to read from exodus 20 verse 21 it says honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of the lord in the land that the lord your god is bringing honor your mother and your father so that you may live long you know once we get called into ministry or once we get called into yes into ministry um we tend to forget that we are young and we have parents those of us who are parents um i'm speaking this from personal experience you know um, we tend to forget that we have elders in our lives that have been taking care of us and leading us. And now because we can see things in the spirit and hear things in the spirit, we're suddenly more mature than them, you know. And we don't honor what they want. We do things the way we want to do them. We don't wash dishes anymore. We don't clean the house anymore. We don't... There's a lot of things as 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 a as a teenager or as a young person or as a youth that we have chores in our mother's house, but um, most of the time you'll find that we want to leave our mother's house or our father's house and go to church four times a week without first cleaning the house, making sure your mother's fed, making sure she has breakfast, making sure that okay does she need lunch what does she need what can i do to help around in the house you leave your mother's house dirty and you go to church and clean you know those are things that we must as youth look into you know as youth ministers we must consider because it says for you to live long it is not how you will serve god it is not how you will pray and fast it is not how high you can preach it is not that alto voice or that soprano voice that will sing and break chords. No. It is honoring your mother and honoring your father. If we begin to realize that the parents in our lives are our gift, they are the reason why we are here. That is why God has given them the authority to know how long we can live. God measures how long we can live by how we honor our parents. Let me say that again. God knows how long we can live by measuring it with how we honor our mother and our father. If we honor our parents, if we respect our parents, we are sure to live long. And living long is something that we need in our generation. Living long is something that we need 
because what God is trying to do in our lives as young ministers um it is for not it's it's not for us it's for the next generation the ministry inside of you is a generational mantle now if we begin to realize that the ministry inside of you is a generational mantle and you want to impact your generation as as so much is that you must follow what the Bible says. You must follow what the Word of God says. And you must make the Word of God your friend. Because you cannot leave your mother's house dirty and go and clean the church. And think that your generational mantle will manifest. You cannot disrespect your mother and go and respect your pastor. And think your generational mantle will last. How you treat your mother, how you treat your father, no matter how they have treated you, no matter how they have mistreated you, that is where forgiveness comes in. That is where love that we talk about when we quote First Timothy 4.12, when we say in conduct and in love. Are we together? In conduct and in love. You see, the minute you love your parents unconditionally no matter what they, it is that they have done to you that has hurt you and you forgive them that is how your things will move you know there's something they say in Setswana that um, when your parent has a grudge against you because of how you treat them your things will not move you see your parent has authority over you God has authority over you. Your pastor has authority over you. But those are all different authorities. Of course, the highest authority is God. But then your parents, as a young minister. And I'm talking to, okay, mostly ministers who are not married and they're young. Even in your, when you're married, your husband is the head. Your husband is the head. There's always somebody above you that you have to respect in your family. There's always somebody above you that you have to respect that you have to honor. Um, I think we get that. I think we get that. Now, um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can enjoy it. You know, sometimes we come through we, we come across problems as young ministers. We come across situations that we feel that I cannot get over this situation. This situation is just too big. But what the word of God here is saying is that even if you come through that situation, even if you come across it, even if you step into fire, God will provide a way out. And that is what we really need to understand. You know, we need to stop being in our emotions and start being in the spirit. The minute we take our emotions to become more than our spiritual life, the minute we allow the flesh to rule over us rather than our emotions, that is now when we don't see solutions. We don't see a way out. But God has provided a way out. But because we are still crying and because we are still in our feelings and because we still feel that somebody owes you an apology or somebody should not break your heart or that boyfriend did this and this and that to you, fine, they did it. But now God is giving you a way out. 
wipe those tears and look at the way out. The minute you wake up from that slumber, you will see that God had long provided a way out before you even stepped into that situation. But because we don't allow ourselves to see the way out, we begin to now be in our feelings to the extent where now we even manipulate scriptures to suit where we are, to suit and justify who we are, who we are becoming. But that's wrong because scripture is scripture and scripture does not lie. Yes, it has different revelation, but a scripture that means that you are wrong. It means that you are wrong. If God intended to rebuke you, he will rebuke you. You know, so we really need, we really need to understand who we are and where we are going. We really need to understand that God has provided a way out. Because if you don't know who you are and if you don't know where you are going, you will think that God is not with you. You will see yourself getting into a problem and you will think that God is not with you. But if you know who you are and what ministry is inside of you and you go through a problem, you will begin to say, my God, this is just the devil scared of where I'm going. This is just the enemy scared of what's next in my life. You know, so we really need to understand who we are and where we are going. And we should not be afraid to become that which God has called us to become. Do not think that some certain platforms are for certain people. You are only hindering yourself. The moment you doubt yourself, you ruin what God is trying to do. Be different. Do what it takes to become. Be a rebel to the world. Do not do what the rest of the world is doing. Take over that industry that God has put you in. Take over that industry. Just do it. Become a rebel to the world. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Be different. Now, with that said, I'm not really going to say much because we have a guest who is loaded with information for you. Um, I'd like to take this time to welcome my covenant sister, the first lady herself, um, the next billionaire. Yeah, I said it, the next billionaire. Chadiwan Tibi, the floor is yours. Thank you, my sister, for coming into my show. I'm so excited. Hello, hello, all listeners of the Hub Airwaves. My name is Trudy Wandibi, a.k.a. The First Lady. I am so honored to be here today. I just want to give a shout out and a thank you to my sister, Nuno Four. Such a great host. I love this show. I love this show. Honestly, I don't miss any episodes. The topics are always so amazing and so right now, honestly, addressing issues that we're facing right now, which brings me to the reason that I've been invited here. So honored. Um, today, the, we're going to talk about being a rebel to the world. And it's just my little piece of advice to young ministers out there. So I hope you have, I hope you're ready to listen. And I hope what I have to say can help you in your walk with God and your walk in ministry. And yeah, let's just get right into it. Okay, cool. So firstly, I just wanted us to start off with the definition of ministry and what it actually means. Like, because um, 
the word ministry is derived from the Greek word diakoneo, which means to serve. Or also the Greek word dolio, dolio, which means to serve as a slave. So initially, I want that to click something in your head as a minister, as a young minister, whether up and coming, whether in ministry, where, whatever level you're at. I just want you to realize that ministry is to serve it's, it's, and you're serving as a slave. So now, what also, I just want to remove this ideology in people's minds that ministry is only when you're preaching on the pulpit. I think this is so wrong and that people have just got the wrong impression in this because ministry is when you're serving God. That's it. That's the definition. So if you're, if, and we all have different callings. We all have different callings and we are all chosen for specific purposes and specific missions. So you can't say that someone who's not on a pulpit preaching is not in ministry. Uh, there are people who are called to finance the kingdom of God. The moment they deposit a seed or buy chairs for the church, they are in ministry. They are serving. They are serving. They're serving to a need that's bigger than theirs. Um, also, another example is people, uh, people that give, for example, give in charity and do charity work. That is also ministry. Um, I myself also have been doing a bit of that because it's not always when you are on the pulpit that you are, that you are when you're preaching that you are in ministry. I gave, I was giving to the poor. We gave to um, the needy at some point, and that was part of my ministry. That is part of what I'm called to do. And um, the Bible even says that you have to preach the good news to the poor. So that was my way of preaching the good news. I didn't even have to open my mouth and say anything. Just the fact that I came there with the love of God and the, by the reason of the fact that I just love God and that makes me love them because the Bible says love thy neighbor. That was ministry. Um, also, Ministry is giving yourself wholly to others. Like Jesus actually describes, there's a time in the Bible where he actually talks about how being a true king is not when you're seated at a table and you're served with many servants serving you. Being a true king is actually when you are doing the serving. So he was actually talking about ministry in this regard. It's when you are doing the serving. That's how you know you are in ministry. However you are finding a way to serve God, know that you are in ministry. Um, I just have a few tips today. that I, I have five tips that I want us to just go through. And I think that will just help you in your journey. I'll share a little bit about my uh, personal life stories and maybe put some perspective on it. But mainly what I want you to understand is things that you have to deal with. You need to understand, firstly, that ministry is about you. That's point number one. Ministry is you. Your pulpit begins inside of you first. You have to always be in self-introspection in ministry. You have to always practice what you preach in ministry. There should never be a message that you can preach to a congregation, that you can preach to anyone that has not worked in your own life first. There is no anointing that you can then spread to anyone else that has not worked for you first. So in that same regard, you need to always have a clean heart in terms of a pure heart with pure intentions. You need to always, for example, 
I used to um, struggle in believing in myself, believing in myself in ministry, believing in myself as a, a youth minister, as a woman, a woman minister. It just it was it was a struggle for me. But and then it's something that I had to deal with, which is now why I can boldly tell people to believe in themselves. If I'm going and I'm preaching the gospel and I'm preaching how Jesus can change your mindset and that you should believe in yourself because it's believing in God, yet I have haven't done it myself, that hypocrisy will not stand. The truth will always come out. Your lack of belief will come out in some regard. So I'm using my example, but for you, it could be something different. You know, you could be preaching holiness, but yet you know what you're doing when once you uh, leave the pulpit. So I think it's just really important to just really have a clean heart. Know and approach the pulpit with boldness. Know that when I leave here, people's lives will be changed because what I'm preaching is what I know. It's what I've experienced and it's what I'm going to give to the people. Um, Number two is also preparation. Oh my God. Youth, youth, youth. We are running for that pulpit. That is the truth. We are running for that pulpit. And it scares me a little bit because I feel like we're running for the pulpit unprepared. We are running for the pulpit not ready. We are running for the pulpit for a certain level of glory or we've imagined something about the pulpit. But the truth of the matter is, is that once you are actually in that position, once you are responsible and accountable for that many lives, you need to know you can't go back. You can't go back to a time when you were just um, just uh, living for yourself. You are now living and accountable for lives. Every life that is put in front of you is a life that God will ask you about. So if you are running for that responsibility, you need to make sure that you're ready for it. It's not something you can just jump into. You have to be prepared. A good and a great example is Jesus, our Lord and Savior himself. He was prepared for 30 years. 30 straight years and his ministry was three years. You need to, you need to look at that ratio. And you need to understand that you cannot skip the preparation process. Every single thing that you go through in your life, and trust me on this, every personal experience you're going through, every struggle you're going through, it's because you're going to help someone through that same thing. That is part of your preparation. What you are delivered from is what you're going to deliver others from. So if you try to skip that season, or if you think that season's not important, or if you try to ignore that season, that season will come back to haunt you because it'll come back as a lesson that you could have had before a time when you were responsible for lives. You cannot curl up in a ball and cry at this point in time. People are crying to you. So if you're trying to skip the preparation season, you need to understand you're setting yourself up to fail because your preparation season is preparing you for the point in time when you are at the top and you will not fall. That's what preparation is for, to keep you at the top to keep you right there where you need to be in order to fulfill his purpose. So a good example um, in terms of preparation was uh, when my sister Nunafa and I were actually fellowshipping in Good Hope. Um, We were driving, honestly. We haven't seen this, the reason why we were traveling for such a long distance. Uh, We haven't seen the reason why God was making that happen at that season. But we were traveling for quite a while to go to service and... um, 
to fellowship there. We were fellowshipping there. And then one Friday evening during service, we were told by the man of God, the pastor, uh, that he's giving us the opportunity to preach on Sunday. Now, you need to understand that as exciting as this was as a young minister, it was also petrifying because you need to understand that this was, he was the pastor holding the church, but this is our father, our spiritual father, Major One's church. So we were thinking, oh my God, I'm going to sit, I'm going to preach at Major One's pulpit using Major One's microphone. Do you understand what this means? And especially as a young minister, remember? But there's something I want to tell you is that we were prepared for it before because of what we had gone through before, because of the level of we had arrived at the point we'd reached in reading the word and studying the word. And these are things that are brewed inside of you. Don't think that as these things are happening, that you'll never get a chance to release. Trust me, you need that build up stage because a vessel will be filled, but it needs to be emptied upon the people. So if we had not prepared ourselves to that point, I don't even think we would have gotten that opportunity. So that's something that you need to let click in your mind. You may be thinking, my life is not going anywhere. Nothing is happening. But maybe the problem is you are not taking time to prepare yourself. You are not taking time to prepare yourself in the Lord. Because one thing that will really, really keep you is your intimacy with God. That is going to keep you. That is part of the preparation season. You need to be ready. You cannot share emptiness to people. You need to share the intimate relationship you have with God with others so they can connect in what you have been preparing in your closet. I hope this makes sense to someone. Um, Also, point number three. It's very, very important to have a voice. Um, In this regard, I'm talking about a spiritual father and a mentor in that same regard. And you know, nowadays, um, we there's a lot, there's a lot, especially right now during this pandemic. There's a lot of men of God, you know, they're on Facebook and we thank you. God bless them for that. The only problem is now when you are listening to every single man of God. You need to understand, and my mentor, Apostle Tana Israel, actually said this. And he said, you need to have one voice and let that voice speak in your life. So in my regard, my voice is Prophet Shepherd Bashiri. That's my spiritual father. So when he speaks, I listen. When he says, do this, that is exactly what I'm going to do because he's my voice. You need to understand he is the voice that speaks in my, on my behalf to God and who God speaks to on my behalf. So in that same regard, um, maybe your spiritual father is a bit far, uh, further away, for example, like my spiritual father, that is where also having mentors comes in, but you can have different mentors. You can have mentors in business. You can have spiritual mentors, but since we're talking about ministry, you can have mentors in ministry as well. So that's where my mentor, Apostle Tana Israel comes in, but understand that he is my mentor because I'm following the scripture that says, um, when Jesus said, when you see the father, you see the father through me. So when I see my mentor, I see my father major one. A word he speaks, he's echoing my father major one. So I still have one 
voice. It's still one channel. It's still one anointing. You don't want a clashing of anointing. Like, I don't even know how to describe this to you. Angels are confused because they're bumping into each other. Angels of that man of God and angel of that man of God, like um, man of God, uh, prophet orange and um, prophet apple. So now the angels of Prophet Orange and Prophet Apple are bumping into each other, wondering, um, I'm the one who's supposed to be here. I was sent by the prophet. And the other angels are saying, I'm, I'm supposed to be, I'm sent by the prophet. So in that same regard, it's very important. It's also important in terms of, for you, having a foundation. You need to be solid. You cannot be lukewarm. You cannot have one foot here and another foot out. It all automatically makes you unstable. So you need to have one voice. Figure out where God has called you to be because that's one thing for me. I don't think I just arrived at ECG. I was called into ECG. That's when when the storms or whatever happens, I can't be shaken. I, I didn't bring myself here. So you need to have that moment and figure that out. It's not just a decision that you decide upon because it's fun or because you like the way the man of God dresses. It's much deeper than that. You truly have to pray about it. There has to be a conviction in you that is deeper than the things known to man. Right. So now number four, this is so important. Um, study the word. You have to have to study the word. You need to eat the scroll. This is the bread of life. You have to have it inside of you. You need to live it. You need to breathe it. And not in the sense of memorizing scriptures and you say, Proverbs 22 verse thing says, no, it has to be a part of you. You need to live it. Those scriptures need to be exactly you. There's a scripture that says that we need to carry the aroma of Christ. That means when God is sniffing on the earth, then he needs to be able to smell Christ upon you. That means also embodying these scriptures, not just not just reading them, not just preaching them, but being them. The love that is described here should be the love that you give people. Do you give that love to people? When you're at school and you see that girl that actually gave you a funny look on the first day, are you now giving her a funny look back or are you approaching her with the scriptures and loving her regardless? These are things that you need to understand. You have to live the scriptures. They have to be a part of you. And also right now with everything going on, there's so much being said. Like I said, I mentioned social media earlier. I'll mention it again. There is a lot being said. Which is also, it takes me back to that point of having one voice. It helps center you. And also, there is, the devil is the father of lies. So there are, there are a lot of lies being spread out there. So another thing that will center you besides having one voice is the word. If something, if something doesn't balance, if something doesn't balance and it's the word and it's from the word, if it doesn't, if it doesn't sound like what the word sounds like, you need to, you need to already have alarm bells ringing inside of you. Now you'll never have that type of discernment because that's exactly what it is. You'll never have that type of discernment if the word does not live inside of you, if the scriptures are not a part of you. Also, this helps you in terms of prayer, which is my final point that you need to pray, pray pray and pray. As a young minister, you need to pray. It creates a foundation. That is exactly what you will be doing when you're praying. You're creating a foundation of prayer. There is um, another term of 
a prayer bank. Just like how you would take money and store it in the bank, store it in the bank. It's the same concept with prayer. You need to pray and pray and pray and put it in the bank. For those days when sometimes you don't feel like praying, there's still prayer in the bank that's speaking for you. You need to have a solid altar of prayer. You must understand that the Bible says we do not fight against flesh and blood. So what you are fighting against comes day and night. The enemy does not sleep. He does not slumber. So when you are sleeping, what is speaking for you? What is fighting for you? Back to that same point of having one voice. That is also something. It's not just now your prayers that are speaking and fighting for you. There is a higher prayer from a higher dimension with a higher understanding and a more intimate relationship with God that are speaking on your behalf. So you need to create that unshakable foundation. And when you're praying, pray with the word. You see, the Bible actually says that for all things shall pass away, but not my word. This was God speaking, not my word. Now, if his word will not pass away and everything passes away, that means that is the most powerful thing ever. His word is the most powerful thing ever. So when we apply it in prayer, that means when we're shooting an arrow in the spirit. That means it's sure to arrive. That means there is no weapon that can fight it. There is nothing that can stop it. So that is what I wanted to say on prayer. So I really want you to apply those five points. Um, that's all I wanted to say for today. Uh, I just want to encourage you as well. I just want to encourage you and say, you know what? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy and you need to just stay strong. You need to stay strong and you have something inside of you. That's one thing I want you to know. There is something great bubbling inside of you and the world needs to hear it. The world needs to see it. So I want you to never give up on yourself and never give up on the call of God upon your life. If you're called to preach, yes, there are still things that you need to learn, but you need to understand that's inside of you. That lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit wants to do something that he cannot do in any other person. You were called with a purpose. There was only one you. And that means there is only one word that can come from you. And it cannot come from anyone else. So I, that's why I really just want to leave you with this word. Never, ever give up. Um, I believe in you. And I truly believe that you will do great things. Truly, God is calling the youth. That's why he said, um, old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. We're called to preach. The youth, it's our time. It's our time. But we need to go through the stages. We need to do what needs to be done. We need to get it done. But once we do, I know we're about to experience something amazing in this generation. There is so much power flowing. So that's it for me. Um, my name is Chodila, the First Lady. I hope this helped you. I hope this encouraged you. I hope this educated you. Meaningful, my sister, thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, to all the Hub Airways listeners, have a great day. Thank you.
thank you so much thank you so much to d1 tb aka the first lady that was such divine information that was um invaluable information that you just gave us i hope the listeners were taking notes and yeah you guys learned a lot i learned a lot and i'm so excited by what i'm about to do with my ministry what god has put inside of me what i'm about to do with how god is going to use me and you know um lastly in closing i just like to say a few things to all the youth ministers out there you know be a rebel to the world be a rebel to the world be different and i want you to understand something that god will not bless you simply because you want to be better than your neighbor or your neck the person next to you or god will not use you mightily to prove a point to your family that never believed in you god will use you because it is time God will use you because you are hungry for him and his ways. God will use you because you are chosen and you are called by God himself. Thank you again for listening in. Go on our social media pages, Facebook, no, no, Instagram, podcasting, underscore, no, with, underscore, underscore, no, no. <laughs> that's so confusing. And then we also have Twitter, that's podcasting, underscore, no, no. And please comment, please share the poster, share everything. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. From us and the Hub Airwaves, we love you and goodbye. See you on our next episode.